Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. Your hermitage of the heart. Your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints to help us navigate this challenging life. And it's weird and challenging right now. Uh, With us again is Father Matthew McDonald. If you want to get his bio, check out the first show out on spiritualdirection.com. This is a series on helping us understand how to discern whether visions and revelations are valid because they're popping up everywhere, which is normal in dark times. Uh, In dark and difficult times, the Lord raises up saints and the devil tries to copy the Lord. And so he raises up uh, other than saints or devils to influence people. Or to confuse, create chaos. Yeah, yeah. And so how do you discern? And because there's a there are a bunch of folks that I wouldn't give a moment, a minute of the day. Now, I won't mention any of them during this show because the reason is, is because, and people want me to, because they said it last time. Why don't you say the names? Well, because if the church hasn't formally condemned them, uh, for instance, like the church has formally written warnings against, um, oh, Teilhard de Jardin and uh, uh, others, then we want to leave room for grace and for repentance and that sort of thing. And we're not, it's not our job uh, necessarily to do that. So I'm not real fond of that, though we do it occasionally on spiritualdirection.com, warn people. Um, But in this case, uh, we we won't mention any names, but we will give you the tools to discern if uh, something's of the, the enemy or something's of God. And Stephanie's got a little interesting yeah. story related to our next topic about the demonic and uh, visions and revelations. Yeah, this this is very fascinating. And, you know, so we're we're trying to figure out, so if, if we're um, spiritual directors or whatever, how do we help those that we're serving, um, you know, muddle through sometimes what happens in prayer and what might be affecting them. And especially if they're you know, I, I think most people that go seeking direction are um, people of goodwill. They desire the Lord. They desire uh, to grow near to Him, but sometimes they can be carried away if they're not measured or grounded uh, properly, or if they or if they've uh, have some open doors somewhere, right? And so, one of the situations that happened years and years and years ago, you know, so this this person's no longer in our in our circle but had approached me uh, from one of the events. And after some discernment, I agreed to take them through some direction at the very beginning. We were kind of just walking through it. Um, And they had a vision. They had a vision. Uh, The vision was, it was the Lord's face that came and presented uh, before them, right in front of their face, of uh, crowned with thorns, bleeding, you know, et cetera. Now on, on face value, no pun intended, we would assume, oh, that's a that's of God, you know, that's amazing. It's the Lord's face. Um, you know, you should go tell the world. Uh, you're probably being called to be a mystic, you know, who knows what, right? But I had I had had some formation in what 
St. John of the Cross said about these things. And he said, if you have a vision, you should immediately set it aside because whatever effect was intended, if it's of God, whatever effect was intended to happen will happen prior before you even realize it, before you're even, your senses and your faculties can even uh, perceive that the vision is happening. And whatever God desires will have happened. It, it'll move, right? It'll have its effect. And then everything after that is subject to interference, uh, disturbance, um, derailing, of, as it were, by the enemy. So I shared this with the person. And I said, well, if it's of God, praise be to God, whatever he desired for you has happened, right? So we're going to set it aside and we're going to continue on your path of seeking holiness, of growing in the Lord and just let it be, right? We're just going to let it be because whatever the Lord wants, he's going to bring it. And if it's not of him, then, you know, we'll just set it aside, right? Well, the response was indignation, pride, absolutely not. Um, telling the world about it, telling everybody that would listen. And, you know, if you're not grounded and you're going out and saying, Jesus came to me, to everybody that'll listen, they're going to dismiss you outright as crazy, especially if they're not people of faith. And we talked about it, but there was this intense pride and refusal to even consider that they were not to go do something with it, right? And they went away, you know, they discontinued with spiritual direction and, and disappeared off the radar. Years and years later, three, four years later, I receive a text from the person who says, Stephanie, you may not remember me. My name is X. And I want to share with you that you were right. And I'm very sorry for the way I responded to you. Um, in time and in reflection, I've realized that it was prideful and which was very, very problematic. It led to a number of really disturbing uh, conflicts and difficulties in my marriage, with my friends, with my children, with everybody, and I should have listened. Um, so just a beautiful humility on the other side. And the person's going to continue their walk and they're not my directee. But um, I think that is... You know, so so that leads us into. I think what are some of this number one? You gave right, a perfect example. Right, right. The number one sign. So it, the number one demonic sign is pride in the soul that leads to trouble, discouragement, and even despair. Right. It created immediate disruption to the family, to relationships, where the person was probably honestly going towards God, and if they had responded in humility. Maybe the Lord would have started to work. I mean, of course, He would have started to work in that humility to bring about, you know, holiness. But the temptation to pride took them a whole different direction and really created a lot of havoc. So I don't know, Father, can you speak to that and then all these other signs that help us to denote when something that we see, hear, experience maybe of a demonic yeah, let's, origin. Let's walk through them slowly because I think it's important, but let's just start with that one. Is that a good example that Stephanie will? I think that's a great story and it really shows the danger of pride of, you know, it's all about me, I'm the chosen one. Um, and there's not a detachment 
a healthy detachment from the reality that is experienced in prayer. Um, something related to this a, a different example. Um, one of the earlier follower, followers of St. Dominic, uh, whose feast day we celebrated yesterday, St. Peter of Verona, he was preaching against the Albigensians in Italy. And one day he came to a Albigensian base and he had a vision of Our Lady holding the baby Jesus. And that vision said, my son, you're wrong. The Albigensians are right. You have to, you have to join the Albigensians. It's like, oh, really? And he they didn't know this. <laughs> he had a pix with a host on him. And he said, if you are really Our Lady and Our Lord, you will bow before Jesus in the Eucharist. The, the vision immediately dissipated and there was a foul stench. So, mm. you know, it's not, pride is the root of all sin. And when we make it about ourselves and not about God and not, and not about loving others the way that the Lord desires us to love them, then we're under the influence of evil. You know, a, a contrary example is I had a woman who was having revelations, who was publishing them on the internet and had some connection with me at spiritualdirection.com. And I, I reached out to her and I said, this is very dangerous what you're doing. And I'm not saying you're wrong because there was nothing doctrinally wrong with what she was saying, but it just, I, if I recall right, she didn't have a spiritual director, which is huge. You got to have someone directing you to discern. And, and you know what she did? She responded immediately. Oh, you're right. I'm going to take these down and I'll, I'll get a spiritual director. Uh, another example, uh, which by the way, I believe she's legitimate. You know, she's never popped up again, but the point being her humility was very compelling to me. Another example in a book, um, what, what's that book? Uh, Eight Days in Virtue, I think it's called, mm -hmm. that we promoted. Mm -hmm. There's a guy, the guy who wrote the book had some revelations that he published in the book and he wanted us to promote it. I spent probably two or three hours with him on the phone just talking through the, the issues and about the danger of of doing this without a director. Well, what did he do? He gets a director, right? And and he was super humble uh, in in our conversation. And so, though it is not normal for us to do this, we ended up promoting his book, and I believe it's it's legitimate. So humility is, and the reason this is number one on the demonic signs list is because it's probably you know the most telling. Uh, regarding the character of the person is whether or not they're humble or prideful. Does that make sense, Father? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and again, our faith isn't just about us. Our faith draws us to the life of God and, and the love of the Holy Trinity. And we have to be healed in order to receive that. And when we get visions, that could be part of the healing process if we cling on too tightly to what we receive and like, look at me, I'm so holy, red alert. Yeah. You know, back to an example I gave earlier in a way to deal with it in a little bit healthier way, because I didn't really, I just said, this tends to make me uncomfortable is God told me, you know, and if, if you think God's put something on your heart, one of the powerful ways that you can orient yourself to humility and be prudent and cautious because it's not a bad thing to 
be oriented to that kind of reality is to say to someone, you know, I think I'm hearing this. How does it resonate with you, especially if it involves another person? And if they, if that is very humble and it allows the other person to assess it rather than to go, oh, now what am I supposed to do? You're telling me what God said or what God is doing. That's a way that we can be practice this kind, same kind of humility. Yeah. And before we go to, you know, we're about up on a break, but I think what's important too about what you just said is when people, because this happens to us, it happens to all kinds of people when you're, you know, in the, in the Catholic circles, is that someone will say, God told me or, you know, whatever. And as people tell us that, we need to leave room for that, you know, to say it doesn't speak to me. Um, and and to also allow God to work in that however he sees fit, right? So it's okay to say, no, that doesn't resonate with me, but thank you for your love. Yeah. Thank you for wanting to speak something to me. And and I'll, I'll let that rest with the Lord or just thank I'll you, I'll it. take it to prayer, yeah. you know? And, and just always to receive in humility and prayer. So um, we will be right back and we'll continue about the demonic signs that we can be on a lookout for uh, regarding visions and revelations. Hi, friends. We want to personally invite you to check out all of our upcoming retreats here at Avila. Head over to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on the top of spiritualdirection.com and sign up now for one of our powerful mini retreats, setting the captives free or into the deep or divine intimacy in marriage. Now with both live and online options, our mini retreats can be live streamed right into your living room or parish meeting room. Discover why these events sell out time and time again. That's spiritualdirection.com forward Slash events register today. There is a growing need for well-formed, solid spiritual directors in the church today. The Avila Institute, in collaboration with Heart of Christ Spiritual Direction Program, offers a certificate in spiritual direction for those who feel called to accompany others in their journey towards God. The program is grounded in Ignatian and Carmelite spirituality, based on a Catholic worldview, and draws on the wisdom of the saints with an emphasis on biblical principles and the new evangelization. This program offers both online and on-site classes. Discover more and apply today at avala-institute.org. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest. We're talking with Father Matthew McDonald, who wrote the foreword to a newly republished book that is very important. Uh, it's Visions and Revelations, published by Sophia Institute Press. As always, uh, if you want to support EWTN, uh, you can get it from the Religious Catalog. You can go to spiritualdirection.com as well and, and on the shop button and it's an important book which is why we brought it back into print uh father matthew did his uh what was it your was it your master's dis dissertation or what was it yes my ma thesis at saint joseph's seminary in dunwoody on the discernment of visions and revelations according to scripture teachings of the magisterium the teachings of the carmelite school of spirituality and i'll be teaching a course on this for the Avalon institute school of spiritual formation sometime in spring of 2023, a six-week course that goes more into depth about how do we do that. Awesome, awesome. So now we're, we're gonna move into, um, into uh, a, another one of the demonic signs. Stephanie, you wanna tell folks what we're gonna check out? Check sure, in on? so Father, can you lead us through some of these signs, maybe give us some examples, and, and we've got a little bit of time. So um, 
One of them is an exaggerated mortification. Can you give us an example of what that would be? So an exaggerated mortification would be, I'm not eating food for a number of days um, Hmm. out of love of God without the guidance of a spiritual director. Um, Right. Fasting, penance is good. Um, And sometimes when we get to a certain level, we want to take on more, but it should always be checked in um, with our spiritual director that we're seeing um, to make sure that we're not biting off more than we can chew or tiring ourselves out or just look at me, I'm just morally white knuckling this. And one of those would be um, an inordinate use of, of discipline. We don't even hear about that anymore. Um, can you tell us you know, what that is, why somebody might be inspired to use the discipline and, and what would be an exaggerate, you know, why it's so important to have a spiritual director to discern those things if they're inspired to do so? And it, an inordinate use of discipline could be done because I want to save souls, you know, so I'm going to take on 50 billion things at once. And then all of a sudden, I'm not getting any sleep. My emotions are all out of whack. Um, I'm being short with people. So a good discipline of penance will normally take maybe one to three things at a time under the guidance of a director where I'm abstaining from a particular kind of food, or I'm just having one meal a day, or I'm, I'm shutting myself off for technology or reducing it to like an hour a day. So it, it's teaching me right engagement um, into the things of this world rather than just this constant repression. This, the next one is false humility sp- spurred on by spiritual pride. I won't say the name of the person, but uh, there is one person who goes around, supposedly walked across immense uh, distances in the United States in prayer, which has been debunked by someone who who checked all the timelines out. And then I saw them on a video, and what I caught immediately was this self-satisfaction in their own humility. So it was this weird thing of, I'm showing humility, and I'm but what slipped out was the person was sort of uh, impressed by how humble they were. (laughs) So it's, uh, it's, you know, some people can feign humility, but you got to look closely when they're, when they're claiming humility because those who want to deceive, and by the way, this person threatened to sue the national Catholic register because there was an article written about the Bishop's treatment of the person uh, in uh, Denver, Colorado. And so that certainly is a dramatic reflection of a total lack of humility. I, I just read in scripture this morning, you know, why are you taking other uh, Christians, you know, Corinthians, where it admonishes that you shouldn't be suing other Christians. Similarly, another uh, uh, mystical phenomenon in Atlanta, where there's a handful of books that have been published, and uh, one of our bloggers in the register uh you know, criticize the guy or something. And he went crazy as well. And it's just, it's such an easy test, uh, this either pride or false humility. You have any other examples, Father? There's a famous saying that I once heard in a seminary about humility, that humility is a strange bird. And once you think you have it, you lost it. Yeah. And, And, Humility, we can always think that it's a negative virtue, but it's both a negative and a positive virtue. So yeah, I'm, I'm realizing my complete dependence on God for everything. Without him, I'm lost. I can't be st- saved. I'm nothing. 
But the positive side of humility is this. Despite my nothingness, despite my sin, God loves me and calls me to a relationship with him, which will allow me to fully flower in his grace and his love. Right. It's an, it can be an over-exaggerated uh, focus on our sinfulness as well, can it not? To where we're withdrawing from God. We're withdrawing from stepping fully into who he's called us to be. Is that not correct? It's another way to understand false humility. Yes. A self-deprecation that's unhealthy, um, that woe is me, or like a spirit of never this is never going to happen to me. I'm never going to do this or that, you know, except that, darkness or sadness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So another one is a focus upon what is mostly extraordinary and marvelous to make the faithful feel esteemed or to bring about what is foreign to our vocation. You know, this, this was one uh, example that was fascinating, very, very pious, beautiful uh, mother of many. Um, believe she hears in prayer you made a mistake you were supposed to be a nun oh yeah and before you know then you know so this sense of confusion like i think i made a mistake i think i was supposed to be a nun and you know they're married they have all these children which immediately creates division right between the husband and wife and god be praised she was humble and i said that's not of god and she also you know, she said, okay, I'm, I'm going to relook at this. Also went to confession and the priest outright said, not of God. That needs to be dismissed outright. That's straight from the pit of hell. It's just gone. You know, it just needs to be dismissed and gone. I think what was truly happening is she was being, she was being called to a deep piety, a deep holiness, which has played itself out in time. And it was a, it was a roadblock that the enemy brought up and because she was humble, she listened to her director. She listened to the priest, got rid of it, and kept moving. And I've seen extraordinary fruits from proper discernment in that area. Um, what about presumption, which undermines the theolog theological virtue of hope? Tell us about what that's, what does that mean? So presumption would be either a fixation on something that is good, like, oh, this is always going to be here. You know, kind kind of like the gospel from two Sundays ago, the rich man. Oh, I have this plenty. You know, I, I'm going to sit down and enjoy it. Um, where you can lose it at any time, or a fixation on um, the negative that God's just going to come and punish us for our sins, no matter what we do. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's it's when uh, the punishment due to sin is is not something that God does. It's something that we choose for ourselves. Right. And an example would just be, it's all bad. The sky is falling. There's no hope. Everything's, you know, it's just a, a an overly negative uh, because there's always hope, even in the worst storm. And if there's no sense of hope, then that's a, uh, that, that really breaks that, that it really reveals that it's demonic. Right. Or the presumption that, I've got this under control. Everything's fine, right? I live, like, I go to church. I, I practice the sacraments. I don't have to worry about anything versus this constant diligence of keeping an eye out that the enemy's lurking and so that I must be watchful, ever watchful with my eyes on the horizon looking for Christ 
seeking him in prayer and wanting to live a holy life, never presuming that my salvation is one and done, right? Not in fear, but rather just prudent diligence. Is that right? Absolutely. And again, God always gives us sufficient grace in every scenario, whether good or bad for our salvation. But that doesn't mean um, it will always be smooth sailing. And the important thing is that we do not take anything for granted and that we be vigilant. Great. Okay. So the, the next one is creation of self-love in the faithful. Um, it's an interesting, uh, an interesting one in light of, so these, these, this list was compiled uh, uh, quite a, quite a while ago by, um, uh, or it's, it's derived from uh, Father Reginald Gergou Lagrange, a famous Dominican theologian. But um, this idea that you can actually do this would be denied in our time that you can create too much self-love. What is a proper understanding of what Lagrange was getting at here? So self-love would be, I'm the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, I have a key place in salvation history um, and elevating oneself to something that one is not. So self-love is a love without humility, a love without that, you know, dependence, trust and surrender with God that exaggerates one's own self-worth. And it leads to, you know, as Father Rippinger would say, um, I am special, an excessive fixation on that. When we are unique, but God is the only person, God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, are the, the three persons of one true God are the only things special in the universe. Okay, great. So we have about a minute left. So let's go quickly through seven and eight. Well, yeah. Um, can you explain those to us very quickly? And we have one minute. Just what we can get done. Right. So endangering dissensions and hatreds as opposed to peace. So a spirit of excessive divisions that goes against charity and faith and an evident sin which cannot be concealed and creates confusion, vexation, and discouragement in the soul, okay? So when sin is predominant and the person tries to hide it or or make excuses for himself, that could be a sign of demonic, demonic um, influence. Great, great. All right, so we got to wrap things up. Father Matthew McDonald, we've been talking about the uh, world. This whole conversation is inspired by a new... Uh, republication of visions and revelations by father gabriel saint mary magdalene father matthew mcdonald wrote the forward and helped us get this back out so that people could be aided in this very difficult time of discerning what's going on in the church and the world okay so until next time may the god of peace make you perfect in holiness may he preserve you whole and entire spirit soul and body irreproachable at the coming of our lord jesus christ amen Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.